Welcome to Celebration Church Online. We are so glad that you've joined us. We want you to share this broadcast with as many people as you can. We believe that it will bless and encourage us all in this season. Remember to continue reaching out to your loved ones. Stay connected with each other, especially with your cell family. The Bible gives us a pattern to look out for one another. Let's speak His Word and His strength will carry us through. The Bible is full of life. And uh, today, uh, it's my pleasure to bring the Word of God to you. Uh, I have uh, worked on this series, and this is the end of a series that we've been looking at. And today, we, as we close this series, it's, series, it's uh, really, for me, in a way, kind of bittersweet. I've enjoyed sharing this. I've enjoyed your feedback. I want to thank you for everything that you've done and everything that you've worked on. So many people have begun to get self-mastery, begun to move through these stages, add to their faith the virtue that they were looking for, the knowledge, the uh, goodness, the kindnesses, the things that we've been looking at, the things we've been speaking about. And we'll look at those again in our scripture this morning. But most importantly, I want to just confirm to you that you know this is a process. It's steps. And last week we spoke about, you know, the need to be prayerful, to be in God's presence, to develop godliness. And uh, today we're going to deal with the last two. And uh, so I'd like to uh, just just pick it up where we picked up last week. I, I think it's important that we find a place and a time that works best for a time with God. I shared that last week. But I think it's also an imperative that we're finding ourselves fellowshipping with other believers. Now, I'm not talking about just hanging out with each other and shooting the bull and you know, just talking about anything, but I'm talking about a time that we allow room for significant ministry to take place in one another's lives. As you share and you pray for those that you fellowship with. You know, someone once suggested that many times a perfect stranger can learn more about us in half an hour than we discover in years of self-examination. That may or may not be true, but there is no question that we do need caring Christian friends who will be lovingly honest with us. I think we shared last week about care fronting. This is God's plan for his family. He's given us three important resources that help us in our walk of faith. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the people of God. God designed us to have a ministry to one another in the body of Christ. Romans chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Wherefore receive ye one another, as Christ also received us unto the glory of God. 1 John 4, 7 and verse 11 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God and Everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. See, we need to have each other. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another, it goes on to say. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25 says, that there should be no schism or heresy in the body of Christ, no division, but that the members should have the same care one for another. In our study today, and of verse 
of, of 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 11. We have come to the quality of brotherly kindness. That's the topic we're talking about today. As we read these verses, I want you to notice brotherly kindness grows out of godliness. This kindness comes from the heart. It's not a fake mask that we add to ourselves on the outside or something we force ourselves to do. Instead, it's the natural result of our being right on the inside, godly. 2 Peter 1, 3.11, and you know it by now. According to his divine power, he has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. Whereby are given to us exceeding and great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, that was last week, and to godliness brotherly kindness, there it is, and then to brotherly kindness charity or love. For if these things are in you and abound and make you, they make you that you shall not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Jesus our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind. He cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged of his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things in increasing measure, you shall never fail. For so an entrance shall be ministered to you an abundance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. See, brotherly kindness. Brotherly and kindness involves the compassion and the affection that we express in words and in actions to other members of God's family. The process of ministry to one another is demonstrated when we demonstrate kindness and concern through supportive listening and loving feedback. Brotherly love can have powerful impact on the people around you if you allow an attitude of godliness to permeate you, permeate your being. What does godliness look like? What does being kindly affectionate look like? Romans 12.10 says, be kindly affectioned to one another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. Luke 10 says, But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and he saw him, and he had compassion on him, and he went to him, and he bound up his wounds, pouring in the oil and the wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatever you spend more, when I come again, I'll repay thee. This is an incredible story. But it shows brotherly kindness, brotherly love. And this was for a stranger, not for somebody that this Samaritan knew. Jesus goes on to say, who then was brother? Who was one who showed love? It was the Samaritan. First Peter 1.22 says, seeing that you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, See that you love one another with a pure heart and do it fervently. Don't you feel that? 
God wants a pure heart. He wants us to do it with fire in our heart. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider one another to provoke each other to love and to good works, not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting each other. And so much more as you see the day approaching. Well, I'll tell you, if I have a concern today, this is it. That the COVID crisis has been used by the devil, by evil men, to keep us from meeting together, to keep us from showing brotherly affection and kindness to each other. That the COVID crisis is causing people to disengage from the very thing Jesus came to establish, the church. He came to build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I heard one family say that, hey, we probably won't be going back to church. We just love being with ourselves and our family. We, we feel like we are the church. No, you are not the church. The truth of the matter is that there is no man that's an island. No man and no family can do this on their own. We need each other. Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves together as is the manner of some. Can I tell you something? There's something that happens that could only happen when we're together. It's called the corporate anointing. It doesn't happen with uh, the uh, prayer time, your own self. It's when we all come together and worship together. And that also happens when we build the relationships that help us to face each other, confront each other, care for each other. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, this love for each other, shall all men know that you are my disciples if you do have this love one for another. Galatians 6, I love this, verse 10, it says, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, but especially to those who have the household of faith. If you're not in church, how do you know who the household of faith is? Can you ever think back of a time when someone was kind to you? My wife often speaks of a, a school teacher who had held her for a whole recess time after she'd been hit in the head with, a, I think it was a baseball or something. Well, this act of kindness left such an impression on Pastor Bonnie's heart that she is always trying to see it replicated in the lives of others. Anything can be an act of kindness. Uh, an act of kindness can be anything. It can be uh, a special treat, an invitation, a phone call, transportation when you need it. Uh, it can be many, any number of things that speak to our hearts. What can you and I do? What can we do to begin to show acts of kindness? Well, first of all, to those who are closest to us, our spouses, our children, we need to be sensitive to them, care for them, love them. Then we can begin to reach out to our extended family, then to our brothers and sisters in the family of God. You see, the Bible exhorts us to do good to others, but especially those who are in the family of God. Can we all be sensitive this week to opportunities to perform acts of kindness toward each other and toward our brothers and sisters in faith? This leads us to the last point in the passage that we've been studying, godly love. Now, I'm sure that there's been a lot to digest, and I think uh, that some of you feel like you've been drinking from a fire hydrant over the past seven weeks uh, as we've been teaching this series. My hope is that as an individual, 
and that in your homes and in your cell groups and in your relationships, that we've spurred you on with a valuable model of what ministry can look like, even in a time of crisis. Uh, I also wanted you to understand that Christian community is everything. What is Christian community all about? It's, it, it, it's not a building that we worship in. It is a ministry, one to another. You see, when we learn to care for our brothers and our sisters in Christ, and when we can give and receive ministry to and from them, then we're well on our way to be able to reach out to others. Reaching out to others in our spheres of influence will need a special quality to attract people. And God has given this to us. It's in this last quality that we're going to speak about. He wants us to add this to our character. It's called Christian love. We've been reading 2 Peter. I'm just going to touch on part of it again today. He says, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we become partakers of the divine nature. Then he describes this divine nature. He says, we escape the corruption that's in this world through lust. And he says, give all diligence, adding to, this is the divine nature, faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience. Then add to your patience, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness, we're talking about that. And then finally, brotherly kindness, add love, charity, the God kind of love. Goes on to say, if these things are in you, and they abound, they'll make that you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those that lack these things are blind. They can't see. They've forgotten that their sins were forgiven. They've forgotten that their old sins were purged. Brethren, give diligence to make your calling your election sure. If you do these things, you shall never fall. An entrance will be ministered to you. Abundantly to everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love this scripture. I think we should all memorize it. Let's take time to get it in our spirits. So here's what we understand. There are eight objectives or eight qualities that God wants us and wants to see us develop. We develop them, but he helps us. The foundation Saving faith. That's repentance from sin. And a personal commitment to Jesus Christ. As we exercise faith in Christ, we develop goodness. And it's goodness that leads us to practical knowledge. We know that goodness is moral excellence. It leads us to practical knowledge of who we are in Christ. And based on right thinking, and uh, we grow out of that knowledge... And we are able to practice self-control over the urges that are trying to master us. As we exercise self-control, God gives us strength to persevere. And that perseverance or that endurance leads to a godly lifestyle, godliness. And that godliness begins to show itself through a life that is characterized by kindness. Kindness to others, but especially to those of the household of faith, Christians, other Christians. And then finally, we come to the deep love for others that Peter talks about in verse 7. This love extends to those who are in the body of Christ and beyond. God's love working through us helps us to love even the unlovable. 
John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. God loved so much that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. 1 John 4, verses 7 through 12 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knows not God. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that he sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Man, I'll tell you what, we need to practice this love, this love of God in our hearts. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. Because he loved you, we can love others. We can do it by faith. Romans 5. You'll love this verse. Verses 7 and 8. It says, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. That peradventure for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God commandeth his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Finally, 1 Corinthians 13, the whole chapter, says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, I've become like a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, and if I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and I give my body to be burned, and I have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. It vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought like a child. But when I became a man, when I added all these things, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass, a glass darkly, but then we'll see face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity, is love. I know that I've, I've couched this teaching around our personal awareness of life-controlling problems and of their symptoms in our lives. And I understand that we all have temptations and we can all fall prey to life-controlling issues. 
But once we've overcome them, we are also uniquely prepared to reach out in love to others who have a dependency or who have an addiction that has built a stronghold in their lives. So as we close today, as we close this series, I want to encourage you to reach out to someone. Think of people in your life who you believe in some way may be affected by a life-controlling problem. Take time, write their name or their names down and then begin to pray about the need in their life. Ask God to begin to direct you to ways that you can help them. You see, ministry to others is one of the most important ways that we can help the healing and growth in our own lives to continue. I know this, that sometimes the greatest way to get over an issue is to find that same need in somebody else and go minister to it. It seems like God ministers to you as you're ministering to others. As you water others, they water you or God waters you. In our daily time of Bible reading or study and prayer, ask God for specific guidance as you reach out to those around you in love. Take time this week and in the weeks and the days to come to begin to reach out to people. Begin to intentionally minister one to another. As you pray, don't think only about yourself. As you read your Bible, don't only think just about yourself. Think about your spouse, your children, your parents, those that are employees or employed, those that you fellowship with, those that are in your cell group or those in your church or those who share this precious faith. And then go beyond that border and see what God will do in terms of touching your heart towards someone who may not know Christ or may be caught up in a crisis. You see, if you only think about yourself, you may see a need in somebody else, but you're so afraid to talk about it because you don't know how to. We're learning now. Godliness, the kindness, brotherly kindness, all these things we've been talking about. But if we really have the love of God in our hearts, we're going to reach out to others. Some of you throughout this series have been struggling. You're saying, oh man, pastor, you just keep picking that scab on me. You keep poking that, that, that wound. I know, I know. And I know sometimes it's painful. Some of us feel overwhelmed by the sins and the weights that easily beset us. But can I say this? That's why we need each other. We need each other more and more as the day of Jesus comes. That's why we have these numbers on the screen. There's counselors that can help you. And if these counselors on the other end of the phone can't help you, they can get you to come in contact with a pastor who is able to speak to you or, or direct you to a professional counselor to direct you in a way that uh, can at least get you started in the right direction. There's, there's no quick fix. There's no uh, miracle when it comes to building character. I, I wish there was but it's the disciplines of life. So I want to encourage you today, let's continue this walk of discipline. As we close this series, my prayer for you is that God would richly bless you, that he would constantly work with you, that you would find that time in his presence every day, that you would allow his Holy Spirit to minister to you, and that you would begin the journey towards 
Christian character. Not only you becoming, but helping others to become all they're supposed to be in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for joining us online. We hope and trust that you've been blessed by this service. Stay connected with us through our social media platforms, Facebook and WhatsApp. As we go, stay safe, stay blessed, stay connected.